the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Welcome to the Heart of Innovation. 60 minutes that could save life and limb with new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org, in partnership with Abbott. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. We decided that we wanted to do something a little bit special since we are in the midst of the holidays. We wanted to offer patients who have peripheral artery disease, um, which is, we always talk about, it's the blocked arteries and mainly the legs that can restrict blood flow to the feet. And a lot of them have, have had some great care this year. And so they wanted the opportunity to thank their care team. We're going to give them an opportunity during this next hour to thank their care team, share some of their stories. And we're also, I think if we have time, we're going to take a look forward into 2024 and what we look forward to most, maybe some of our goals, maybe what we hope for in terms of improvements in care for peripheral artery disease patients, not only in the U.S., but maybe around the world. We're, we'll see where this goes. But, John, I think that uh, you're willing to give up the reins for this moment of inspiration, which. Listen, you're gonna... before before we do the it's moment me. of inspiration from Miss Kim, I do want to say, because I think this, this show is about patience. The Save My Piggies is about patience. What you do is yep. about patience. And we now have a show for patients. So I'm really excited to hear what folks are thankful for. But. I will say that I'm thankful for the work you do, Kim, and the countless hours behind the scenes of putting this stuff together. And um, when you talk about what I want to see in 2024 is I would like to get more involved with kind of helping you because you do so much work and I just kind of show up and, you know, I help out at some to, to a lesser degree. So I'm going to my goal is to is to be more helpful to you, but I do want to thank you for what you do because oh. there are countless uh, patients that you've helped. Uh, obviously, you're not the perce- you're not a physician. You don't do the work, but you get the patient where they need to be. You are kind of a middle person that helps facilitate good care. And so don't ever lose sight of that. Keep on fighting. In 2024, we're going to keep fighting and, and we're going to save a lot more piggies. So thank you for what you do. Yeah, and I'm really thankful for, you know, Cardiovascular Systems Incorporated's Jim Wilson and his team. Uh, they're now uh, Abbott, and Abbott has continued. We're so appreciative of them continuing to sponsor the show. But it was really initially CSI that came in and introduced the two of us. And I was so impressed with your passion and commitment to sharing the patient story and raising their voices that I'm so glad that you trusted me and that we were able to collaborate and expand not only um, the Save My Piggies, but 
our in, entire show to be on the radio, uh, which is now the heart of innovation. Well, yeah, so. it, it's it's amazing. And, you know, we're we have no no shame. Right. So we do need sponsors. We have to work to get get sponsors yep. to help drive this engine and this vehicle forward. You know, we talked about last week, we want to have a Save My Piggies kind of maybe, re- well, what, what did you say, Nash? international, national kind of yep. virtual event, hopefully in 2024. So we've got a lot of big plans. But before we talk about that. Dr. John Phillips, spectacular, vascular moment of inspiration. We have to have our moment of inspiration and we have uh, allowed, or I have allowed you, Miss Kimberly, to provide us with a wonderful quote from, I think, a mentor of yours to some degree, right? Yes. Sir Richard Branson, I, I ran the Extreme Tech Challenge, which I grew into the world's largest startup competition of its time. And it's still going on. It, it's run by um, some other folks now. Um, I think it was Samsung bought it. They're working with uh some other teams, but I was glad to be a founding executive director and work with Sir Richard Branson, who was our anchor judge. And one thing he said to me um, that always just has stuck with me, he says, just say yes and figure out how to get it done. And I think that that rings true with this particular show overall with Save My Piggies in the Heart of Innovation. But this particular episode, it was, you know what, just say yes and figure out how to get it done. I have no idea where we're going with this show. We're going to let the patients take it and run with it <laughs> and just raise their voices. So just say yes and figure out how to get it done. And I, I I love that because there are a lot of people that say no and saying no is pretty easy. Cause if you say no, that ends, it ends right there. Yeah. Like that conversation ends, that initiative ends, whatever it is that you're doing ends. If you say yes, well now you got to do something about it and you may not be able to get it done, but at least you're going to try. And I think that's a fantastic quote. And a lot of our patients and a lot of the people that you've helped that I've helped this year keep saying yes to preservation of their limb, their toes, yes. their life. Because as soon as that patient kind of throws the towel in, then family members, it's, you know, you can't really help them then. And then the docs say, well, you know, I I'll, I always say patients, I'm going to help you and I will fight for you as long as you want to fight for yourself. Because yeah. I've had patients say, you know what, I've had enough, so much pain, get rid of the toe, get rid of the foot. And you, you hate to have that, that, that it becomes defeatist to some point, but you know, they're, they're suffering, but as long as someone's going to fight for that foot, their life, their limb, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for them. And I know you will too. It, exactly. And I want to thank all of who we call the PAD warriors, because that's what they are. They're, they're truly warriors. Peripheral artery disease, and especially it's advanced stage critical limb ischemia or critical limb threatening ischemia is one of the most debilitating diseases that most have never heard of yet impacts one in five people over the age of 60, one in three diabetics over the age of 50. And it's it's not easy. I mean, so many people end up not being able to walk and walking is the best medicine for it. And once you get to the point where they have rest pain at night, they have wounds that develop. I mean, it's a real process and, and the pain is excruciating. And so I can imagine we've had quite a few people that have said, you know what, I can't take it anymore. Um, You know, legendary Harlem Globetrotter Larry Shorty Coleman, who's been on this show quite a number of times, said, you know what, 
I got to the hospital this one day and I finally, I just told the doctor, I can't deal with it anymore. I can't imagine that even any procedure at this point is going to get rid of this pain. I just can't fathom it. And so he's like, just take it. Why delayed the inevitable? And I think it's one thing for a patient to say that, but another thing for a doctor, I, I don't like it when a doctor says to one of our patients, hey, you're going to lose your leg at some point anyway. So why delay the inevitable? That really bothers me. Well, I'll, I'll just say this. I saw a gentleman who a year ago, well, so, okay, it's September of 2022. And the beauty of, of this story is this guy at the time was 85 years old. He had had multiple um, interventions to his lower extremities. He had coronary disease. Um, he was seen by his interventional radiologist who, you know, great guy, but said, I'm in over my head a little bit with respect to his PAD. Can you help me? And so we did a, we, we, we did an angiogram. We kind of looked at it and said, wow, you got a lot of blockages, sir. Um, I'm not sure at, at present we didn't need to do anything because he was just having pain when he walked. He didn't have any critical limb ischemia. Actually, after the procedure, he started having chest pain. So then I had to do a heart catheterization on him and we had to fix the blocked artery in his heart. And then he developed blockages or more blockages in his legs. And um, we couldn't save the left leg. So he ended up needing an amputation. He got a below the knee amputation at the age of 85 years old. Now, that's sometimes a death sentence for someone who's 65. But he said to me, he's like, you know what, doc, I'm going to get a prosthesis and I'm going to walk. And I'll be honest with you in my said in my head, I said, BS, like there is no way that this is there's no way, dude. So anyway, he had he gets the amputation. Well, then he develops blockage on the other side and I opened the other side up for him. Fast forward to I saw him last week. He had his amputation. He has now the the stump is healed. He has a prosthesis, okay, that he is walking on at 86 years old. And the leg we worked on, he he lost a toe, but that is everything's still kind of intact there. So you got a guy who's 86 years old. If he can do this at 86, 85, get a major amputation, get a prosthesis, anybody can do this. And so that I wanted to bring that up because it was so motivating to me that uh, you, you just scratch your head like this guy is unstoppable. And that's why, you know, even if we develop, we're, we, we've we been talking a lot in the industry about creating more specific standards. You know, standards are one thing you do. We need, do need to, you know, beef up these these standards, make them more specific. But there still has to be room for the conversation with the patient, that the supervising physician has to be able to, you know, have the conversation and provide that unique treatment for that unique presentation of disease and that unique personality, right? And I think Mm -hmm. that that's really important. There still needs to be that opening for the conversation with the patient. Well, right, because at the end of the day, like we've talked about before, you're kind of a coach, I'm a coach, the patient is the player, the quarterback, whatever, they've got to execute the play. We can help them along. Uh, You do it your way, I do it my way, but they have to be on board and and, uh, the you know, we did a sh- we we did a show earlier about um, you know how do you ask your doctor the appropriate questions regarding a potential procedure, and you know a lot of times physicians don't necessarily like to be questioned about well how many of these have you done what are your outcomes what what do you use what do you don't use and and, yeah. and a lot of the questions are appropriate some maybe not so much but 
you need to find a physician that's willing to be open and say, you know what, maybe I'm not the right person for this, but I can get you to so-and-so who can. Or, you know, I do a lot of these and we'll take good care of you type deal. So um, the patient absolutely has to be involved. I agree. We'll come up right here on the Heart of Innovation. We have our live studio audience that is waiting to share their experiences and their thank yous to their care team. So we're going to get right to that in a moment. Stay with us right here on the Heart of Innovation. Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease, or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advanced stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular system's Diamondback 360 atherectomy system, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. Today is, well, it's going to be, I think, our final show of the year. or pretty dang close to it. But uh, in doing that, we wanted to say thank you to each other and thank you to our patients and our patients wanted to say thank you to their doctors and uh, we've got several folks on the line we're going to start with Alan Alan thanks for joining us you've had an amputation uh, is that correct yes and, uh, sir. but you're still thankful for for your physicians who have been helping you out right well, well doc you know I, I wouldn't have any legs right now if it wasn't for you guys um, I still got seven eighths of a, a right leg left I've also got <laughs> No toes, but I'm I'm getting around on a walker. I was just cleared for a prosthetic. Uh, I saw my vascular care of me for the last 15 years, uh, and and uh, you know with Kim's help, uh, Doctor Mustafa, Doctor Saab, um, Doctor Matasari, and uh, a fantastic uh, podiatrist and a, a fantastic. Uh, orthopedic surgeon just uh i just recently broke the stump and uh it's healed and i'm ready for prosthetic but all these docs played an integral role in getting me to where i am now and without them i again wouldn't have any legs i found kim at just the barely the right time uh where my critical ischemia had gone so far south and became such a difficult case that um, doctors, they really didn't want to touch me. And even at the, the bigger university hospitals, they just shook their heads. And uh, so I had some docs that took me on and turned it around. And uh, my doctor, Newman, and Tattersall locally have taken care of me again for 15 years. And Dr. Newman got to see her on her last day before she retired and she gave me a fist bump and a hug, and uh, we got to where she wanted to see me. 
And uh, I'm just grateful to all of you guys. And as you, John, have probably said to yourself before, why do I get into this? Always tell your doctors thank you. Always. Because it gives them a little bit more insight and courage to keep going because it is a thankless job at times. Uh, I, yeah. I appreciate that. And, you know, I will say that in years past, I didn't really, people will say thank you to me for doing things. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's part of my job. But lately, I don't know if I'm getting older and more, you know, just reflecting on things. But I, I do think about when someone says thank you to me. And I always say you're welcome. Um, because as we've talked about, you patients who have this disease process, it is a process and it it doesn't end. Um, it It is like cancer. You, you know, you have to kind of beat it back, beat it back, beat it back, and you have to have positive attitude. And um, I, I appreciate it when, when patients say thank you, and I always do my best to say you're welcome. Yeah, it's, it's so important. It's, it's hard because I, I don't know about you, but I do it because I love what I do. I don't do it for the thanks. I don't do it for any, any other reason, but because I just have a passion for helping people. And Alan, we've been there. I mean, I feel like I've been there from the beginning with you. We, we've cried. And I, and I just thank you for the trust that not only you have had in me, but also your wife, Katie. That conversation that we had when you were in the hospital room and we were deciding whether or not to have this amputation, to have that trust and that faith and that vulnerability that you Mm -hmm. had to allow me to be a part of that conversation where you were saying, I don't want to be a burden to my wife. I don't want to be a burden to my family I, I shouldn't have the amputation. I would rather die. And you're going to make me cry. Um, sorry. Sorry. Because it was that. really, it was really such an emotional. And then I got on the phone with your wife and I said, how do you feel? And having you together. And she's like, he's not a burden. I would rather have him in a wheelchair with no legs than not having him at all. I didn't fall in love with him because of his legs. Right. I yep. fell in love with him because of who he is. And to, and you, and you were just like, really, Katie, are you sure? And she said, yes. And you said, okay, I'm going through with this. I will keep fighting. It was the most powerful moment that I, I just feel honored that you shared with me. You know, since then, you become like a little sister. You're one of my best friends. And uh, I just adore it, you. It, it was a real hard decision to make. And uh, I'm going to walk again here in the next few months. Yes, um, you are. I'm very determined. It won't stop. Just and John, only... if I'm ever in the Columbus area, because I travel the Ohio area a lot, and I have a problem, you better be there. So I'll have somebody give you a call. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I got a to, network. I, I'd love to see you. I'd love to see you. <laughs> and, Alan, what was that catalyst for you? Was it the amputation? Because you really took life by the reins at that point. And you started, you got your A1C down. I mean, I am so seven in the hospital up there. I've got it at six. So I'm doing well. Um, My creatinine's better. Um, uh, I've had several setbacks, osteomyelitis. They revamped it again, and I fell and broke the stump in September. 
And I was, you know, I get to that point and then it's huge. You feel a huge letdown, but then you just get back up. And I think a big part of that was uh, Katie. I mean, that and five grandchildren, it was just, uh, I, I think the thing with the bur- being a burden was my father had a stroke when I was 13 years old. So I would say him and he didn't, he, I think that's where I got that mentality from is I want everybody else's life to continue just because mine has slowed down. And, uh, but after her saying that in the hospital and hearing it, that, that gave me the, the fortitude to go forward. Yeah. And well it's interesting because before you met me, you were already on deck. They had already talked about amputation and, and both. what we said was, well, yeah. for both. Right. And, and so right. we said, if you know what, if you're already on deck for amputation, then are you open to at least crying at least, you know, Hell walking yes. to live another day, just seeing if it'll work. Yep. Yes. I was, I was and, searching and if it wasn't for the search on Facebook, just for a support group, we we were never met. Nope. And you went to um, so I'm grateful. To Dr. You went to Doctor Mustafa. You went to Doctor Saab, and First. they at least tried. But what you probably are really thankful for, even with them, is that you trusted them to at least try, and sure. you trusted them to know when to say when, and they knew when to say yep. when. And they they helped you make that transition over back over to Dr. Mattisari over in Chicago, and right. he worked with I the had, vascular uh, surgery team. Right, they both worked on me for a total. I was in in, in working in, within a week and a half of time. I had developed um, uh, gangrene on my toes on my right foot, okay. and. Um, they worked on me, Dr. Sabah and Mustafa totally worked on me for about 13 hours. Everything from my hip all the way down to my foot and both legs was completely blocked. Um, so they, they did opened everything up that they could. Then I went to our local hospital, talked to a doctor about the amputation of the foot. Then I went to, I said, you know what? Let's go get revascularized first before the amputation of the foot. Right. That was in October last year. And then I jumped... In in February of 2023 is where I had the amputation of the right leg. Yeah, but it's good. It, Dr. Mattisari was they they opened up as much as they could to the yep. point where they could minimize you know the amount of amputation that that was necessary, and that became the goal because Society for Vascular Surgery and American Heart Association guidelines suggest an attempt should be made to restore inline flow prior to any amputation. And that's really um, what they were doing was just trying to minimize it. And I really appreciate your bravery through the entire process, your courage. And I'm so excited in 2024 to see you back on on your foot and your prosthetic yep. <laughs> foot and getting out and taking more steps to better health, right? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Alan. We really appreciate you. You're amazing. Thank you also for being vulnerable. And um, I think that your story will inspire others. And coming up right here on The Heart of Innovation, we'll hear the amazing, inspiring stories from from some other PAD warriors. You don't want to miss it, so stay with us. 
three years ago, my symptoms started with leg pain and leg cramps while walking. Me too, with a tightness in my calves. Well, do you know, my doctor thought that my leg cramps were a side effect of the statin he prescribed me. Well, my doctor just brushed them off as another symptom of old age. Mine thought the pain was radiating from my spine. My doctor blamed my neuropathy on diabetes until I got a wound on my foot that just wouldn't heal. Yeah, it turns out we all have peripheral artery disease, also known as PAD. It's plaque buildup mainly in the leg arteries causing poor circulation. For me, the diagnosis came too late and I lost my leg, but that does not have to happen to you. No, it does not, because there are treatment options available if you're diagnosed early enough. PAD, peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking, and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are. We are the way to my heart, the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients. And we want to help you get back on your feet again. Visit our website at thewaytomyheart.org or call our LegSaver hotline, 415-320-7138. Your life and limb could depend on it. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. Today is a show about thank yous. Uh, Kim said earlier, we don't, we don't ask for thank yous. We do it because we love to treat patients and help patients. It's nice to get a thank you. Uh, we appreciate them. But, um, you know, we don't, we don't need them. However, we've got plenty of guests, uh, patient guests, who want to thank their physicians. Uh, and Nancy, you have a special thank you uh, for uh, your physician. Is that right, in uh, 2023? Yes. I do. And um, first of all, I would like to thank him. Thank God I found this group. I'll never forget the day I learned about them because I was so ignorant of everything and terrified. And I want to thank you, too, also, uh, Dr. Whoops, because you always are smiling and you put me at ease. I get nervous doing this. Um, Yeah, I want to thank Dr. James Antizana, who Kim recommended to me. By the time I got to him... um, I had a carotid artery blockage. He ordered a CT scan, and we also I also had blockages in my legs, um, but we wanted to get that done first. By the time um, he ordered that CT scan, I was almost, I was like over 90% blocked. So he looked at it and said, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this. I want to send you to a neurosurgeon in Charlotte who trained me, and he's top notch. And um, so basically, I feel that he... By the time they got me in there, I was almost 100% blocked. They did T-core surgery, and I'm fine. Um, the risk was low. I think it was like a 1% to 3% risk. It was very low risk, you know, risky way to do it. And um, from there, I um, went back to Dr. Andazana. He did an angioplasty, angiogram in September, put a stent in my left leg, uh, my left eye. I am now walking eight to 10,000 steps a day. Um, going to start taking yoga, little weightlifting. Um, I feel great. I have no pain in either leg. I do have a blockage in my right leg. We're going to be looking at that next, but I have no pain. And um, I just want to thank Dr. Antizana. He's been fantastic. And um, 
I'm got my A1C down. I'm pre-diabetic numbers right now. I'm doing everything I can. I have a lot to be thankful for this year. My four grandchildren are so happy, you know, that I'm doing so well. So I want to thank everybody, you know, and Kim is fantastic. She's been there for me with my crazy questions and every step of the way. So I really appreciate it. Oh, I love the fact that you are, you're such an advocate for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. It's always, it's been a, a pleasure. And, you know, we, we've talked about it before. If you're not having pain, I guarantee you that it's good to keep an eye on that blockage. Good to know it's there. Um, but if you're walking eight to 10,000 steps a day, keep walking eight to 10,000 steps a day. And mm-hmm. um, it doesn't matter whether the blockage is there or not. It shows that your body, if you're pain-free, your body is likely building its own natural bypass with every step you take. So you yeah. may never, ever even need a procedure. Walking right. is truly the best medicine. Yes. Well, I'm going to go back to see Dr. Antizan, and he's going to start monitoring me every month. And we do Zoom calls, and he is four hours away, but I'm, I have an appointment in May, and we'll go from there. But I'm going to keep working as hard as I can and, of course, be very involved with this group. As you know, I'm handing out brochures, and it's amazing to me how many people aren't aware of this group. They're not aware of the help out there. Every doctor, every PA, endocrinologist PA, uh, cardiologist PA, they love the brochures. They love the group. They love what you're doing. So we got to keep getting that word out. You know, I'll send you some more. That'd it was great. She asked me to send her these brochures. And whose office did you, you brought them to your primary care office, I think? Primary care, my cardiologist PA, my endocrinologist PA, uh, some of the radiologists that or the ultrasound people that I'm going to, they're just, everybody's so excited about these brochures and saying, I've got so many patients with Pat and we never, they don't even know about your group. And so I'm glad to get the word out. You know, and I'm going to keep pushing that and getting that word out to everybody. So it's helped me so much, Kim. Thank you. And actually, it's interesting. And what a good transition, because uh, Charles Winters out of uh, Texas is also (laughs) handing out these brochures. uh, And we might have to do the same that we did for Charles for you, Nancy, with Charles. Hi, Charles. Hey, everybody. Charles. Um, Charles, we ended up, he shared his story. He wanted to put his picture and his story um, on the front of the brochure. So instead mm-hmm. of our iconic P-A-D-D-Y, Patty, our little heart person, yeah. um, we ended up putting um, Charles on there with his family and a letter, a personal letter to anyone who reads the brochure. And then on the inside, of course, it talks about P-A-D and what it is and um, treatment options, et cetera. Okay. But I'm getting so maybe we do the same for you. That sounds good. I'll put a couple of grandchildren next to me that I have a granddaughter who expects me to live to be 90. So, yes, she's very happy that I'm getting through all this or great support. My family's been fantastic. But, yeah, I love it. Well, we look forward to in 2024 for you to continue um, yes. taking those steps to better health. And I want to see um, a record 15,000 15, steps one day. I got 14,000 the other day. So, oh, fantastic. So you're almost there. Dang. That's awesome. <laughs> and no I mean, pain. Best part. So, that is the best part. And and John, I mean, seriously, that would that's music to any vascular specialist ears, isn't it? Especially with yeah. PAD. Uh, yes. Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, I was just reading this, the structured exercise program, you know, with a 6-minute walk if you do it in a hospital or like a, a cardiac rehab facility, 
you probably maybe get another 40 meters of, of walking distance. Uh, you do it at home, you get about 50 in the six minute walk. So the more walking you do it, it there is definite benefit to walking. Not everybody can walk uh, mm-hmm. or can walk as much as we tell them to walk, but walking is what is the that's the elixir of life exercise is the elixir of life yes and i'm addicted to it now and it also is good for my head mentally it's good for me to get outside fresh air and makes me optimistic so i'm addicted to it i walk every day (laughs) as i tell my son there's two types of pain in life, the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. And the pain of regret is more powerful than the pain of discipline. So when you guys don't feel like doing something, think about that. Be disciplined. Don't want, don't get that pain of regret. Keep focus. Keep working hard. Keep walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That goes for us too, Kim. <laughs> I know, me too. You know, it's so funny because... Dad always asks me, he's like, are you, are you on the elliptical today? Are you taking the dogs for a walk? I'm like, I'm sitting here helping people. He says, well, do it on the go. Just yeah, go. Exactly. Take 15 exactly. minutes every hour. Get up and move. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much, Nancy. And I want to welcome back in Charles. Charles, thank you so much. Our new director of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee for our nonprofit, The Way to My Heart. Thank you so much for agreeing uh, to take on this role in 2024. Thank you. And who are your thank yous for? Uh, of course, I want to. I want to thank God first for just life and and being here. Um, also, want to thank Dr. Phillips and Kim for this platform. I really think it's good work, and we just got to keep on getting the word out about it. Um, I want to thank my personal advocate, my wife that just doesn't take no for an answer when it comes to anything dealing with me. Um, I also want to thank my uh, cardiologist here in Louisiana that first diagnosed me with PAD and did uh, several interventions to help me. I also want to thank uh, Baylor in Dallas, Texas for my kidney transplant. And most of all, I want to thank Dr. Sia that um, saved my leg. Uh, after uh, several uh, failed interventions and even a bypass that got infected, um, he said yes to trying to uh, help me save my leg and I'm thankful for him for doing that, and he did. And you know, with being a kidney, pa- a new kidney transplant patient, and having an infection in a bypass that was just taken out, he said yes, and um, he got the job done. And he told me and my wife, and I'll never forget that we're married now, and uh, we're not getting a divorce. And uh, he's just been awesome. I just love him, his bedside manner. And it's not, you know, patient number six in room five. It's it's Charles and Pam. And I love that about him. So well, yeah. coming up right here on the Heart of Innovation, we're going to hear more of your story and your thank yous. So stay with us.
Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're continuing our show about thank yous. And uh, Charles, you were thankful for a lot of are thankful for a lot of things, particularly uh, your local physician there, Dr. Sia. But Charles, I have a question for you because I was thinking about this today. Uh, last night, I read an article about uh, PAD and the disparity of PAD between. Uh, ethnicity and, and, and gender and things of that nature. So I, I was thinking to myself, you know, how can I give back to my community? And I want, a, I want to figure out how to get involved in the African-American population because people with African-Americans have twice the likelihood of PAD than those of their, you know, white counterparts. But I don't see a lot of African-American patients. So I, I'm going to ask you, because I know you're now the chair or, you know, you've got a big title here for diversity. But mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot. How what can you what can you say to a guy like me who wants to get involved in his community community and really reach out to African-Americans and those that are not appropriately represented to help prevent peripheral arterial disease? Um, I Coming from my perspective as a. Uh, a kidney patient, I didn't even know that I was at risk. So I would start with dialysis centers because, uh, especially in my area, a lot of the people you see are African-Americans. And then a lot of people that you see there have an amputation. And I think if we started some kind of program to start early checks for PAD, I think it would help in our community. Um, working with another group that brings uh, a bus that has ABI um, capabilities and things like that, and they go to uh, marginalized communities, I think if we could get those kind of programs in a larger scale across the uh, uh, poverty-stricken areas, I think we could we could get the word out and we could we can stop. Uh, amputating so much. And what about, you know, just in in terms of, of, you know, your culture, do you have a message to other African-Americans to not just settle for amputation, to get that second opinion, just because someone has a title and a white coat doesn't mean that they have the only option for you. Well, you, you said it, that just because it comes from a white coat, doesn't mean that that's the absolute end of it. And I'm a living witness of it. I was a night's sleep away from having my leg amputated. I mean, the OR was booked and everything. And uh, Pam just just was like, no, this this ain't it. And so reaching out to you and um, Dr. Eves, and we found Dr. Sia, and he said yes. So uh, a second opinion, a third opinion, and I will say this, even if the doctor doesn't particularly like you asking for a second opinion, because the doctor that uh, did the bypass, he wasn't excited about us asking for a second opinion. And he even ignored a couple of calls from from Dr. Sia. So um, but keep pushing, keep pushing for that second opinion or third opinion. I mean, amputations are final. So, uh Yeah. Ooh, it's I like interesting. 
that you said because um, Dr. David Alper, who is a renowned, um, actually now retired podiatrist, he um, put a video actually on YouTube and it talks about the importance of getting a second opinion. And he said, any great doctor will be totally fine with you getting a second opinion. And in fact, it is a red flag if a physician mm. says don't get a second opinion or scowls at the idea of that. Because there are plenty of patients to go around. And if you really care about what you do and you care about that patient, then you would be understanding of that patient's request to want to understand all of their options available. You, they they like and they trust you. It has nothing to do with that. But it is an uh, you know understanding of knowing that, hey, there might be a different option elsewhere. And I think any great doctor understands that. Yes. So thank you so much, Charles, for being here. And in fact, Dr. Phillips, we are going to have a Save My Piggies African-American experience the third Saturday in February. And Charles is going to spearhead helping us to um, set up the agenda for that particular conference. So I'm really excited about that. And again, thank you so much, Charles. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Kim. It. Thank you, Dr. Phillips. Merry hey, Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yeah, Kim, and we I also have with us Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, you, what, you, what you've done here, uh, the ability just to kind of get people in, in, a, in, a, in a forum where they're comfortable sharing their stories, they're vulnerable, um, you know, I saw some tears a little bit there from this one. So again, I, I hate to harp on it, but I no, actually, I don't hate to harp on it. This is a fantastic uh, 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 venue for patients, and and again, don't we can't we got to keep working. So for twenty twenty four, because we're running out of time, twenty twenty four, we got to get some sponsors. <laughs> So if you're listening out there, industry people, help us out. <laughs> yes, it's really important because we want to continue to raise the voices. I mean, you know, I, I feel so blessed to have some of the most amazing humans on this planet as part of our network. You know, Charles and, and Nancy and, and Marsha and Alan and and Carol and Kim and everyone in our studio audience and Douglas and, and Dee, um, who spoke in last week's show. I mean, it, I mean, you mean the world to all of us and we appreciate you. And on that note, we want to bring in Marsha. Marsha is here with us in our live studio audience, I think every single week helping to inspire us and contribute, sharing her insight, asking lots of questions. Marsha, who are you thankful for? We're thankful for you. Well, thank you. Well, as Charles said, I'm thankful for God, number one. Um, I'm thankful that my brand new primary care doctor knew right off the bat that I had PAD. So, I mean, without that, I wouldn't have, um, you know, it would have delayed things. And then right after that, I went searching and I found you. And you have been a godsend. So thank you. You and, and Dr. Phillips, both of you, for what you do. But I, I know you put in the hours with us um, you know, without a doctor's salary. So I really do appreciate everything that you've done. You've gone to my appointments with me. You've been in the operating room with me or the cath lab with me. So I'm very thankful. And I'm thankful for Dr. Coral down at Christ Hospital. He's been and his whole staff. They're just amazing. I know after my first intervention, um, 
I, I when I went for my follow up, I took them all little bunt cakes, and I thought this is probably so wrong to send bring these into a cardiologist office, but. I figure they're the healthy ones, not me. So, <laughs> Oh, no, they're not. I can't tell you how many times there is pizza waiting outside the cat lab door. I've been well, in many offices with that. <laughs> they loved them. And, uh, you know, it was just a way I could say thank you. And, you know, maybe they would remember remember that they were appreciated, but maybe also remember me the next time I called. And uh, so I'm thankful for them. And um, I'm thankful for a good vascular surgeon who said I didn't need vascular surgery because probably a lot of doctors would have just gone ahead and done it. Um, As I listened to everybody uh, say who they were thankful for, my family's all gone now. They're deceased. But, you know, they've played such a big role in this. And and they're not even here because um, I grew up with a handicapped brother. And they kind of taught us, uh, I had another sibling, there were three of us total, but um, they taught my sister and I kind of not to feel sorry for ourselves and get up and go and and do what you can do and how lucky we were. And I think I've unconsciously relied on that to, you know, you have to get out and walk, you know, don't sit around and feel sorry for yourself. And, you know, you can't have those potato chips, even though you want them, you know, you need to it's just been a motivator. And so my family who aren't even here uh, have instilled probably a lot in me that I didn't even realize. Grit, grit. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful today I've already done uh, 12, 000, over 12,000 steps and, and, and with hardly any pain. And it's, a, it's an education because some days I struggle to get five But when I get in the habit of going, 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 they're easier to come by. So, and I'm thankful for this group. So many of the other people, BJ, I don't know if she ever watches this, but she's a goer and a doer and a hiker. And I hate the cold, but because of her, I'm pushing myself. And it hasn't been too cold here yet, but colder than I like it. You know, I'm pushing myself to get out there in the wintertime and to not let it be an excuse. So there's a lot of motivation in this group. So I'm thankful for a lot. Thank you so much, Marsha. And coming up right here on the Heart of Innovation, we have one more, maybe two more stories. And thank you. So stay with us. You don't want to miss out. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. We are rounding third for our show of thank yous. And uh, who uh, better to finish the show with than Douglas, our uh, our stalwart and uh, the the guy who's all like Marsha, always on the show, uh, rain or shine, uh, ordering French fries or not ordering French fries while we're live. In his credit, uh, they weren't for him. Right, exactly. Sure, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Douglas, he missed the show where he had the potato chips when we were having a healthy cooking show. Oh, <laughs> that's right. No, I was on. Wasn't I on for that one? Anyway, I think you right. left by that point. Oh, did I leave by that point? Okay. Well, we only got three minutes left. So, Douglas, who are you thankful for? Well, first, I want to say, Mr. Phillips, Dr. Phillips, uh, 
We really do appreciate you because being a father and all you go through being the doctor and soccer and all the stuff that you go through to take time out and be with us and share with us, it really is very much appreciated. And, and the second, I would like first, first and foremost to thank everybody in this group. Everybody, every single one of you is an inspiration of hope, courage, and strength with every step that you take. You, Alan, is just, Alan keeps me going. Marcia, Marcia keeps me going every time I stop at the grocery store, making sure I'm not, I don't want to have to listen to her complain about my chips. <laughs> and so everyone in this group that gets out every day and walks, that's, that's what this group is about, is each and every one of us supporting each other, being there for each other, and the inspiration, hope, and courage that we all bring to each other, you know? And I think, I think everybody said it pretty much, generally speaking, is the number one person that we probably all are grateful for. It's a blonde lady, some blonde lady from California <laughs> who's got a new hairdo, and... I think I think we have to thank God for that one moment that he put in her heart to create this for us. That is just simply that one most amazing thing is that, and I know a lot that goes on behind the scenes and what she goes through 24 hours a day on the phone, spending her own money. Like Dr. Phillips, you're right. We got to find some money to help out. But and her life revolves around each and every single one of us in this group. And we we just, we can't say, there's no, thank you is just really inappropriate sometimes, but it is a thank you for Kim and what God has placed on her heart for us and what she goes through. It's amazing. And, but it, it's all of us together. It, it takes, there's, there's no I in this team. It's all of us, the inspiration. I get up every day and walk because I, I'm, Alan and I talk a lot sometimes, and I see what he's been through. And it get, Alan, you give me the inspiration, inspiration to get, get to, to to get up and do what I do also. So, hey, buddy, I hop. That's right. You hop. Uh -huh. Yeah. So. And Charles, I'm here. I got your back, bud. Whatever you need, we got you. All right. So, but the number one thing is for 2024 is very simple. One extra step, no matter what, for all of us, that one extra step with what I've been through and what I have, what I have come to the conclusion is my legs and my body is, is where it is right now because I have not given up. And I haven't done that through all of y'all that have given me the inspiration, the hope and the courage and the strength to keep moving. So it's all of us, all of us together. We're so appreciative of you and your inspiration every day. You're here every single week. You know, in the live studio audience, you inspire everyone every day with every step that you take as well. And John, of course, I'm so thankful for you. Uh, 2020, tears to 2024. 
if I had a if I had a glass of wine or here here's some here's some old coffee. <laughs> Cheers. I, mine too. I wanted to say thanks, everyone. Thanks, Cam. Thank you so much. Thanks for being the ultimate patient advocate. You've been listening to The Heart of Innovation with Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Our mission is to help patients live a better quality of life through comprehensive education, real-time support, and high-touch advocacy in partnership with thewaytomyheart.org and Abbott. Our purpose is to reduce the 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes and nearly 200,000 amputations annually. For more information regarding topics you've heard discussed on today's program, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. The Heart of Innovation is for educational and informational purposes only, and advice and views shared are not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this show without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. If you think you are having a medical emergency, call your local emergency number or go to the nearest hospital or emergency room. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.